2: Bill's Podcast.
1: I'm an adult. I know what I'm about. Welcome, everybody, to a training camp kickoff edition of the Rockpile Report Podcast. I'm your host, Bill's season ticket Older Drew here. That's my producer, Chris Krueger. Doug Roloski in studio. And it's it's training camp.
2: Training camp, baby.
1: It's training camp. Every, hey, listen, this is great. Everything's great, right?
2: Wednesday.
1: Everything's great because training camp has started. You know, we've already got season ending injuries. We've got holdouts. We've got,
2: <laughs> got the coach just talking to random fans. <laughs>
1: Chris, training camp's a weird time because I feel like there's so many things that are like this is practice. Like to to quote Alan Iverson.
2: Practice? You're talking about practice? We talking about practice. You're talking
1: about practice. And at the same time Not a
2: game. <laughs> Not a game.
1: Practice. You no know didn't practice.
2: You know it didn't practice? Bruce Smith. <laughs> Top two bill ever. Bruce Smith.
1: So it's one of those situations where you, you look at it and you say to yourself, "You're like, all right, I believe that as a fan, I'm to- like as a fan, I'm told that I like that this is important, and that there's certain aspects of this that I should be paying attention to." Mm-hmm. And then it's not like I don't know. You watch training camp, and by the end of training camp, half of the things you went in worried about didn't matter. They either resolved themselves amicably
3: Mm
1: -hmm. or turns out there were total non-issues to begin with. Now, as we kind of launch into what the bills, 2023 training camp is going to be. I first look around the league because people go, Oh my God, things are already bad. Naheem Hines. He's lost for the season. Oh my God. What are we going to do? Dropping this, our depth, you have other fan bases who are obviously trolling Mm -hmm. because they're dickheads. Um, I guess one of the things I look at is, Chris, because isn't that what we do here? We're petty. Yeah. We look around. We talk about who has it worst. As we start training camp, who on the Bills roster who matters right now is holding out? Anybody?
2: No one. Bueller? No one. Zero. Oh,
1: that's right. right. There's no one who the Bills are paying money to. No one. Yeah. Or. But
2: Stefan Diggs is a problem. Let's not forget about well, that. Here's,
1: here's, what's, here's what's hilarious that you say e- that.
2: Easy national media.
1: I'm looking at an article right now on this profootballnetwork.com. And all I did was Google NFL 2023 training camp holdouts. Stefan Diggs is the second player mentioned, even though he's there. He's, like, he's here. He's in Buffalo. He's been showing. He had one day a month ago. Where there was a problem, and he's been there ever since, and everyone goes, wow, he's one of the second biggest concerns in the NFL.
2: Second biggest concern in the NFL? People like to create problems and drama where there's not.
1: Meanwhile, you have teams who are incredibly running back dependent. I'm talking about the Giants. I'm talking about the Raiders. The Raiders. Raiders. (laughs) Dude, you know what's funny about Berman? It's like the wrestlers. What a rush. (laughs) So the thing about Berman is that Berman down the stretch just became a caricature of himself. Mm -hmm. Like when he was in his prime, he was amazing. And then it's almost like he's the guy who hung. He was like the guy who started like wearing his college letterman jacket to the bar when
2: he's like 40. Can I give you a Chris Berman Rick, real quick story? Sure. When he was here, you know why he loved covering the bills in the 90s? Why? He would send his assistant to Fort Erie to a pharmacy and get deer deer deers. Do you know what those are? They're no. called 2 two twos. Do you know what they are? No. They only sell them in Canada. They're Tylenol, okay? With codeine. That? <laughs> And you can only get them in Canada. And I remember him being interviewed in like 1996. He got an interview and said, "Oh yeah." He goes, "We'd send the assistant over." He goes, "He'd get me the deer deer doos." That's what they're called. They're called two two twos. And he would say it in his stupid accent. And he goes, "I love coming to Buffalo." He goes, "Those dear doo doos. They help me sleep, man." I'm like, "Oh, cool. <laughs> cool. You drug addict. Thanks. Oh, good story. Oh, good.
1: Wonderful. It. But either way, like there are like when you think of like some of his highlight reel calls for running backs." Some of these teams whose running backs are holding out, like, think about the Cowboys. You have a problem with Tony Pollard.
2: Yeah, he broke his leg late in the season.
1: Well, And then the problem is is that you, you let Zeke Elliott go, and then he's like, well, wait a minute, I'm not signing a thing. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, no, we have a deal for you. And he was like, nah, fuck you. Right. No, I don't have to sign that deal. And now they're just at this weird impasse. You've got Saquon Barkley who's like,
2: nah, man, You, I am the Giants. When you publicly come out and say, you know what, maybe I should sit out. When you publicly <laughs> come out and say that, you the man for that team. Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs! C- Chris, I got him in
1: the fifth round in fantasy last yeah. year.
2: What, 1,600 rushing yards? If he had a fan, absolutely... Fantastic year, and like, all he's going to do is help Garoppolo, who just passed his physical. Who? Thank God, he did you pass have, his physical. I saw that.
1: Chris, let me get this straight. You have a lame, you have a lame quarterback, a quarterback who is basically uh, Glass Joe from uh, Mike Tyson's Punch Out. You have that guy, and you go. You know what we're going to do is we're going to play hardball with the running
2: back. You know who he is. He's our 2006 Hendrick Talinder. Mr. Glass. <laughs> ah, what a reference. That's who he is.
1: How about Chris Jones not showing up for training camp? Guys and Andy Reid goes far apart. And Andy Reid goes, well, I'm, I'm actually surprised he's not here. What do you mean? He's just he in the in the hierarchy of defensive tackles in today's football. Top three. It's Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. It's I got to say it's Chris Jones. Who else? Who do you put in that conversation?
2: When in, Quinn and Williams, unfortunately, they're both in our division. Quinn and Williams is in that conversation 100%. Okay. And that piece of shit, Wilkins, he's in the conversation. He is an mm. excellent defensive tackle. He is. He gets. He's disruptive. He gets pressures. And he gets the stats. It. You just mentioned three dudes. And he's
1: the only guy to really get under Josh Allen's skin enough it. that you he just, created the
2: beef. There's 32 teams, right? The majority of them have. Not many teams play the 3 4 anymore and have the normal nose tackle. So the majority of teams have two defensive tackles. You just name three and we got to face two of them.
1: Yeah, that does twice suck. Twice a
2: year. And those guys are. I'm not saying Ed Oliver is Oliver's not that. He's average, but you imagine having one of those guys? But, so yeah, Chris Jones, two Super Bowls, and now you're not paying him?
1: And this is the thing where he's going, no, I did the thing. Like, it's all. We already know, like, Pat Mahomes has already talked to the team about restructuring his contract. If Pat Mahomes is doing that, how do you think the other guys who right. aren't getting paid half-billion-dollar contracts are feeling? Mm-hmm. They're going, hey, man, I did the thing. I got you two Super Bowls. Now it's time to fucking pay me. Right. Because I'm still in my prime, and I can do some
2: damage. What, uh, Chris, what is he, 30? 31? Can you give that a Google real quick? What's, what's Jones? Defensive yeah.
1: tackle Chris Jones. He's
2: got to be 33, because what's... uh? He came after Kelsey. What's Kelsey, 34 or 33? Kelsey's like 34, 33. Chris Jones is 29 years old and so 28 days. So what? All right, so let's be business aspect of this. Let's say you give Chris Jones a four-year deal. You're still getting Pro Bowl Chris Jones for two out of the four, right? Mm-hmm. Is that fair? Yeah, that's You're fair. You're getting him all for 29 and off through his entire year of 30, right?
1: The thing I love is that we don't have to worry about it. No, we don't. We don't no. have to worry about it. So our players are all in the tent. Everyone's here. Mm-hmm. Even if they don't see eye to eye with some of the way things are going, Yeah, everyone is here. What does Sean McDermott say? Availability is the best ability. Absolutely. So I
2: don't you, want to hear about anything else. Look at look at us when we were little. Those Bills went to four Super Bowls. Remember what they were called? The media called them? Mm-hmm. What was it? The bickering Bills? Mm-hmm. I don't care. What I, I want, want is some guys who give a shit about
1: winning. Absolutely. So with that in mind... We look at the kickoff of training camp, we are missing some of the drama that other teams have. And there's another thing that it hasn't become an issue yet, probably because the team doesn't want to push the issue, but Chris, all that money that Aaron Rodgers is set to make next year, the Jets have to do something with it. Mm -hmm. Next year's cap, it's $100 million.
2: If you think for one minute... That that dude is playing next year. You are crazy. Chris.
1: Yeah. A $100 million cap hit for one
2: player. One player. Who is this? Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. Is there one player in the NFL... He
1: restructured his contract to facilitate the trade, but all it did was shove the rest of his money to the right. end of his contract. Is,
2: is so, there one player, any position in the NFL you would pay $100 million for one <clears throat>
1: Well, here's the best part. His contract this year is only worth $1.3 million.
2: Correct. That's why all their eggs are in this basket this year.
1: Chris, what happens next? <laughs> what happens next when they go, hey, but... If that was the case, then you'd think they'd use that cap space to go out and swing for the fences with a DeAndre Hopkins to add to the wide receiver.
2: No, they, and they, and they, they would try
1: to get a, They're trying to get Dalvin Cook, apparently. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense because they saw what Brees Hall was and what their offense was when they had Brees Hall. And they know he's coming off an ACL tear. So even if he feels great, you're not going to be the same player. The only player I've ever seen in my lifetime come back ACL tear at the running back position and be the same guy was Adrian Peterson.
2: See, I've seen two. I've seen, and this is going back a little bit. I've seen Frank Gore. That's true. Four, both. Frank, that's true. Frank Gore was a and, and Willis and McGahey. That leg All right. injury. All
1: right. I'll give you that. that Although McGahey didn't get a lot of run his first year in the NFL. But it doesn't. About.
2: That's the thing. It does not. We watched it with Trey White. Right? Yeah. It doesn't happen no. super quick. Nine out of ten times, these guys got to take their time. Yes. You know what I mean?
1: And then you look at that. How many key players on the Bills are coming back from a serious injury besides Von Miller? No one. Like Von Miller obviously matters. Huge. If you're talking about being a Super Bowl contender. Mm-hmm. But we already understand. First of all, he's already done this before. Yes, he is long of the tooth. But he's he's rehabbed this injury before. Mm -hmm. He understands it. The team made a move to mitigate the fact that they don't have him early on. Leonard Floyd. They said, we're going to go get another pass rusher just so we don't have to rush him back. And he doesn't feel like he's under any pressure to come back quicker than he has to. And here's a guy who wants to be here because he goes, that's a team I can win a Super Bowl with. If when Von Miller comes back, all three are healthy. Rousseau, Floyd, Miller. Disgusting. You throw in Epinesa. Maybe he's got a little upside left as a
2: pass rusher. Jack Boogie. What
1: is that? Chris, can you give me the R Lads? Yeah. The old R Lads.
2: You know? <clears throat> you think there's any chance that um, Miller doesn't start the season on the PUP list? Oh, not a chance. He's I think going he's, to start. Yeah. I he think absolutely he will. Is it, what is that, six weeks or four?
1: Six. Although, Chris, has that changed? For what? The pup list. Did they make it four weeks?
2: Is it four or six? I know it was six last year, but is it four to six? Like, can you activate them after week four? Pup rules NFL. All right, here we go.
1: So, while we're talking about this, it's just this concept that they don't have to rush him back because the rod. They they found a way to build depth. Go back up, Chris. At all the places. One
2: more. Saw them. Important roster cutdowns. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Third, this is active pup list. Players placed in this list during training camp and count towards a 90 man roster. Players can be moved from the list at any time during camp but can't be placed back on the list. Final roster cut downs will be placed on reserve pup, release traded, counted against the 50 man roster. So oh. you can put them on the pup list. Okay, here we go. Says. Teams must decide by the 53-man roster cut-down deadline, which is August 30th, whether to place the player on the list. Players placed on this list at that time must miss at least the team's first four games, down from six in seasons
2: prior. So it says at least. So it's four to six. Okay. Okay. All right. Good.
1: So four to six weeks. That seems reasonable, Chris, if he's already doing the type of activity we see him doing. Yeah,
2: he's he's on that... All day because think about it. But even so, then, do
1: you activate him and then you cut somebody and then you make him a healthy scratch for the first week or two the way no, you do Trey White?
2: You let him because no, you you don't do that because for the Bills are one of the few teams like we've talked about multiple times on your podcast. They rotate eight guys defensively on that line up front. You know what I mean? And think about it. You have two out of those first four weeks, you have two division games. Okay. That first game, Brees Hall ain't running the ball thirty times that first week? I hope he does. He ain't, though. Right? <laughs> I hope you're enough to do it. after today, with Tyreek Hill settling that <laughs> pff, Marina <laughs> incident... Remember, it's his second time, didn't oh, he? Yes. I don't want to. I'm, I'm, I'm never gonna put bad Chris, juju on people. Chris. But didn't Tyree kill like three, four years ago? Have a domestic incident, guys, and he was an suspended. Star.
1: You see, you want to talk about him possibly getting suspended? Here's what I'll say: He's yeah. a star. We've all, it's, it's gross, but we've all had to live with this reality that when you're an NFL star. You can beat up your wife and allegedly and allegedly injure your child and allegedly slap a guy in a marina. And you can allegedly be one of the biggest pieces of shit on earth. It doesn't matter if you are a star. Yeah, child abuse investigation.
2: 2019.
1: I'll tell you what. In Wikipedia, it's never going to show up under my name. All it's going to show up is the arson case that inevitably, <laughs> that inevitably takes me down. He wasn't. Sus- the- Look at that. He wasn't suspended. Nope. And this is my point. These guys live in a different class from every other player. You just talked about a guy who got suspended for gambling. There is a conversation you and I are going to get drunk and have on a podcast in a couple of weeks about gambling. Once we've seen all because he, I've heard it teased that there's about five more guys who they are finalizing the investigations on who are going to get suspended by the end of training camp for gambling. And we're going to sit here and have a conversation about all of these guys and their stature with the team and whether or not the the league would actually make a move to blast a guy for a year if he was a
2: star. So, okay. So, what, I mean. So, it's the same thing
1: on this side. If he's a star, they're going to let you shine and they don't give a fuck what you did, right? And it's gross and it's one of those things we have to kind of accept as we watch the game of football. It's frustrating to me. But, also, to, to quote, uh, what what is it, uh, the late Charlie Murphy, you don't slap a man.
0: <laughs> Even when
1: slapping was fashionable, there was a gunfight afterwards. Somebody had to go. Charlie okay? Murphy,
2: brother darkness, <laughs> brother darkness, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. You
1: don't slap a man. Point blanking, period. So I get what you're saying. Those early games, like you got two division games, the slate gets Ugly late in it the does. season for Buffalo, which is why I think you need Miller late ramped up late.
2: Absolutely. I don't
1: need to see him before November. No. I think I could get through
2: all of October without him. You got him. Washington, you got the Raiders, you got a not combined Jets My, team that the, first week. The you know
1: maybe I mean? Saquon Barkley lists. Uh, right. Chris, how great do you think? It, I think it would be an interesting litmus test. The Giants have to come in here with no Saquon Barkley. Early in the season, he's still holding out. You don't have a running back who can do the things he does. Okay, now what? What's your offense there, Dable? Is Daniel
2: Jones still the workhorse, Chris? You
0: watch Did it. You Chris, paid
1: forty million <laughs>
2: You watch enough football. No Saquon that game, and I believe it's October twenty. Uh, yeah, no he scores. A, no, he powers, no, no Saquon that game. What's the spread? He powers the first to rush six touchdown. and a half. I think it's over a touchdown. If no, Chris Saquon
1: has place. multiple gifts of me from that game because Saquon Barkley and the like the just marched down the field. It was all Barkley, all Barkley. Barkley touchdown, and then Josh Allen and the Bills ran away with the game.
2: That was in New that York. That was in New York. That was when we started the season. Jets Giants on the road. Mm-hmm. So we stayed at the medal and
1: then we announced ourselves the king of uh, New, New York and New Jersey.
2: That's right. We're, well, there's only one team in New York. Remember well, there that? is only one. So.
1: I just I look at this and I say to myself, we don't have any issues. We don't have this lingering cloud. So now, what what do we have? Where does the juice come from in this training camp, Chris? People are piling on. You saw the way tickets went. Yeah, fans want to be there to watch practice. And in my head, I go, it was more interesting when I had sideline passes in 2017 or when I had media credentials because it was like, holy shit, this is a new coach. There's new. Uh, what's his face? Who was the coach from the, uh... Oh, I was... He was one of my favorite D-line coaches of all time, and now his name is escaping me. I think it's a whiskey. But, uh, he had been... He had coached... He was on the Bills... And he had coached one of the players previously in his career. 2017, look at Bill's
2: coaching stats. Was he the dude with the two different skin colors? No, no. No, yeah. no, 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 no. He you was know what I'm talking about. he was yeah. an old man. Yeah, he, he did he, one year in Buffalo and then
1: retired. He had Arlie Ermy. It's Mike something. He gave me like Arlie Ermy fucking vibes. Well, what do we have for a D line coach? No, Mike no. no, Waffle.
2: Yes, Mike Waffle. Mike Waffle.
1: Mike Waffle was a bad dude. And you watch some of like the like the hard knock stuff with him? Yeah. He coached like a bad dude. So I remember getting to interview some of the players and them talking about how, no, Coach Waffle is crazy. I go, no, he's, he's the man, though. This D line is going to be great. And everyone goes, why are you fired up about the performance of a bunch of guys who couldn't make most teams' rosters? You got to think back. Remember what our paired, oh, Jesus, our, what our paired down defensive roster was that year in 2017? It's like Eddie Yarbrough was rotating. Eddie Yarbrough was a guy who was getting 40% of the snaps in a given game. Have you ever heard of him again since?
2: No, he played in North Carolina, though. I know that. So,
1: my, I guess the idea is is that this... That was fun. It was exciting. It was was. new. You're like, holy shit, you're bringing in guys who are badasses as coaches.
2: What was the wide receiver we had from Alabama, the walk-on? That year, oh uh, Foster, that's it. Ruben was it? No, Robert Foster. Robert Foster. We Roll had a Ruben Foster on yeah. the team, right? Yeah. Well, we should have. We, we yeah, yeah. we should have. If you
1: listen to Drew Gear's uh, draft prognostications, we should have <laughs> taken. We should have drafted Ruben Foster instead of Trey White. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Roll, tide. Roll Tide! Fuck Roll tide. the Tide!
1: So, uh, so this is the thing, like. There was just <laughs> Look
2: at him. Oh, that's great. Oh, God. Good for him, man. He plays 30, for the Maulers. He plays for the Pittsburgh Maulers The Pittsburgh Maulers. Right Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That, hey guys, what, what do you do for a living? I tell, play for the Pittsburgh Maulers. Tell,
1: tell me you wouldn't have rather had him than Trey White. Uh, what an idiot. Is so what an great. idiot I am. So... With that in mind, we don't have any dark clouds of this, and but there's also no juice. There's no mystery to this. We know who the starting quarterback is. The wide receiver depth chart's pretty much set. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know who's making the roster and who's not. I mean, Chris, let's roll it down. Uh, Coulter, Desmond, Patman, Tyrell Shavers, Bryant. I don't. I don't give a fuck who any of these guys are. Get out of here, Keyshawn Johnson. You're done. It's the six at the top of the chart. Mm-hmm. That's it. Khalil Shakir's the last one in, but it doesn't matter because he's the, he's the last man in. But he's now, as we talked about in our last podcast, he's going to get in on the technicality that they need somebody to groom as a kick returner. and pump. Yeah, 100%.
2: He's on the So roster. sure.
1: Wonderful. <laughs> also, what they invested him in, in draft capital, they're not going to cut bait that quickly. Right. So there's your six. Maybe you keep a couple of these guys to the practice squad, and if you want to sit here and waste my time with a fucking discussion about the practice squad, I would rather, and now I say this with all due respect, I would rather listen to Chris read all of the reviews from Rotten Tomatoes of the movies he's never fucking seen, but should have. Like, Goodfellas. Mm. Doug, do you know he hasn't seen a single gangster flick? Chris, I've seen you ever- The
2: Italian Job with Mark Wahlberg <laughs> Wait, you've seen The Italian Job But you haven't seen Goodfellas? Yeah You've never sat down, taken the minute and seen Goodfellas There's another good FBI movie that I've seen Came out in 94, it's called Coneheads Listen man <laughs> My favorite part of Coneheads Is when he eats the, eats the whole Box of egos for breakfast when Sinbad Reed does his uh he gets his teeth done and gives him his new ID and remember they're sitting at the bar and Adam Sandler says hey how you doing are you good listen this is who you are and he goes like that I love that stuff <laughs> I cannot believe you've never seen Goodfellas. have you seen the, um have you seen the sopranos
1: no never seen a
2: bronx Tale. have Dale. you seen a dude with jazz palmer you never seen a bronx tale nope was sunny. See, this is Cologino. what I live. With. This is what I live with. Dog. You've never seen a bunch of bikers walk into the bar, and, just and just then he far, comes yeah. back and goes like this. Now you just can't leave. Bikers in a bar. You know what I've seen? Hmm. Pee Wee's Big Adventure. <laughs> I've seen that. I thought he was going to say, "What's that movie where Martin Lawrence or yeah, Martin Lawrence and Tim Allen are the bikers?" You know what movie I'm talking Wild about? Hogs. Wild, Wild Hogs. Wild Hogs. I watched that, that I've movie. Seen.
1: I watched that movie once a year. It's on, so I have a bunch of movies that I only watch when I'm hungover. That's one of them.
2: You've seen Wild Hogs, but you haven't seen a Bronx tale. No, fun fact, you were ready for this. Fun fact Wild Hogs, William H. Macy. Yep. He is in My Family Tree.
1: (laughs) Holy fuck.
2: (laughs) Real life Ned Flanders is in My Family Tree. Oh my God. Do you know what my favorite movie is of him all time? Wild Hogs? No. <laughs> not Wild Hogs. It's the only
1: one Chris knows. No, Pleasantville.
2: No, come on. It's got Mark Wahlberg in it. Was it one of his music it, videos? No, it's got Mark Wahlberg in it. He plays the porn star. Come on. I have no He's idea. He's never seen Boogie Nights. You've never seen Boogie Nights either? So if I go to you, Dirk Diggler, which was the next thing out of my mouth, you have no idea what I'm talking about. No. Nope. Oh, my this God. This is
1: what I deal with.
2: Dude. Yeah. What was the thing you'd call me for the Mohawk?
1: Oh my God! I had a I had a thing, and he didn't get the reference. And so I was like, "How many more can I come up with?" I don't. Well, have what you was seen th- The
2: Godfather? No. I gotta go. I have to go. <laughs> I don't. I, I have to go. <laughs> You've what never seen that? The Godfather, bro? No. What? So so
1: just as scarce as the movies he can critique <laughs> are the storylines here you can criticize for the Buffalo Bills going to training camp. There is very little mystery left to this roster and at the same time we all have some level of interest right we're all gonna listen we're gonna watch so the question is what are we looking for i guess for me personally to start this thing off one of the things that stands out to me about this roster and just the things that don't seem to fit which seems like there's some volatility there is the presence of osiris torrance on this roster Mm -hmm. when you're labeling him as a backup no. To Ryan Bates.
2: No, I think that's just out of respect. And I think what I, I truly believe McDermott and B when they say that they earn their positions, mm-hmm. players earn their positions. You know what I mean? But that's like one of the three points of the main three points. And I'm glad that you went offensive line first. If we come out of camp and Bates and Botker are the backups, you're doing extremely well at depth on your offensive line. You are. You don't have a bunch of fifth-round rookies as the backups. You have players that have started multiple playoff games and multiple seasons with you. And that's what I want.
1: So Roger Saffold and Ryan Bates at the guard spots, it was them and Deion Dawkins for the most blocking downs played last year Mm -hmm. in a Bills uniform. They were two of the most mediocre blockers in the NFL.
2: That's why I think you need to have the...
1: So when I look at this and I I go, where is there some volatility? Like There's just an assumption based on his contract that Bates is going to be here. Sure. Now, that doesn't mean... But it could be that they see him as like, Hey, we don't like Greg Manns as the only guy who can play backup center. Right. We'll let you be the swing guard slash center. And then next year, when Mitch
2: Morse retires, you're starting center.
1: You're going to be our starting center because you've already done it and he trusts and you. And he's
2: still under contract. After this year, he's still under con- contract. And now for another you become two.
1: one of the cheapest centers in football. And at the same time, we could have a high end guard option if the cards fall that way. Right. In that way, I'm going to be looking for Osiris Torrance to really grab that position. I'm going to be interested in where he takes his snaps, whether it's left guard or right guard, because I'll tell you what. If they decide that he's more of a left guard fit, he has a tougher path to seeing snaps. Connor McGovern has been pretty durable over the course of his career. Mm -hmm. He's done pretty well. He's primarily only played that spot.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Now, if it's him and Bates battling for that other guard spot at right guard, I have more belief in him there. I think that that's a competition. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, there's not a lot of competition to be having this roster. That's a place where you can find it,
2: right? True. But you also have to think about what um Torrance is rated, highly rated at.
1: Well, and this he is where is it plays highly the rated. philosophy of what you want to be as a football He's team.
2: highly rated for run blocking.
1: Sure. And he won as a pass blocker in college because he was just so big. He's a monster, and, and he was physical enough that it was just it was hard to get around him. Mm-hmm. So as you're trying to break that down, you're saying I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna take the 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 athleticism of Bates, but the inability to really facilitate a run game. Yeah, like you're not gonna ask Torrance to pull no. No, you're going to ask for him to be a road grader and go destroy human beings. But if you're putting a guy like that, and here's where I question this, Spencer Brown, how much of what happens with Torrance hinges on the success of Spencer Brown? Do they trust putting a rookie next to a guy who basically has a prove it year in front of him? Like he has to step up and prove that last year was an injury-fueled aberration
2: especially with a quarterback who likes to roll to his right
1: a lot well that's it they colla- teams were constantly collapsing the right side of our offensive formation they'd motion James Cook over there and it wouldn't fucking matter cuz he's terrible at run blocking so you'd have you they could put our quarterback in disadvantageous situations by default mhm what i'd like to see is them do m- more of this I don't know. I want you to build up that right side and make it a strength. Now, maybe you do that by saying, listen, Spencer Brown, we're not going to ask you to pull. We're not going to ask you to do fancy things anymore. What we want you to do is just be big and maul that guy. Because now you've got a guy off your shoulder who can also maul. And if that works, I'm going to call them the Bash Brothers. Chris, you know them. Here's a movie you know. Mighty Ducks. That movie sucks. Of course it does. But you know I hate both of you. But you know it. So... They could be the Bash brothers. And if they were really good at just that, like just that, like, hey, go maul those guys in front of you and climb to the second level.
2: You know how much college football I watch, right? Yeah. Just his college game and the senior bowl week. Torrance is an upgrade of what we have at the guard position.
1: So I want to see that translate to the practice field, because that's the thing. It doesn't matter. Once the pads go on, and here's the worst part, Chris, the snaps are going to go, and they're going to say, well, Bates is slotted in first. Of course he will be. Torrance is going to be slotted second team. He's going to be out there with the second line. But when the pads go on and real contact gets introduced, real contact that's where I'm going to start looking for Osiris Torrance's name.
2: Absolutely. When he just goes and he's just uh, you know a man amongst boys, and he is just with his 330-pound frame just destroying people. But
1: Absolutely. also, he's going up against a great group of D-tackles. Which
2: is only going to make him better. And that's you. what I don't want to hear the first week of training camp, if Torrance is getting his butt handed to him. That's it. I don't want to hear it. This defensive line group, not only has the majority of it been together, They got better with your Puna Fords and stuff like that. You Mm -hmm. got better. You've upgraded that position. All they're going to do is make that kid better. I don't care if he struggles, and that's what I'd be doing if I was the coach. I'd be like, hey, you know you're going versus the top five. Well, and this is where
1: you hope that the the defensive line coach has that dialed in and that he has that relationship and he can build that throughout the course of – like, that's what I care about is the development of that player throughout this process. Your offensive line coach, your defensive line coach getting together and being like, listen, kid – I coach my guys hard. My guys are all pros. These guys are multi-year veterans. There right. isn't a rookie in this room.
2: They're making you better.
1: They're you're going to learn from this. And then the line coach takes you aside and goes, "He's not lying. Like this is what you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Like this is it. It's us versus them. They have your number because they've done this more."
2: I, yeah, I think you have to have some uh, a real a, conversation to it. Like, hey, man, I get it. I
1: want to see because Chris, how many offensive linemen have has this coaching staff developed from the ground up?
2: Mmm Dawkins, <laughs> <laughs> Dawkins. Two. two Dawkins. No, two. Brown, mm. two. I'll give Brown some slack because of his back injury. Okay. okay. We know people Fine. who are that big. You imagine Fine. if you're back Wyatt Brown, Teller. You're
1: like, okay, Wyatt yeah, Wyatt Teller. <laughs> Jesus Christ.
2: That's just a bad move though. That's just a bum rap. Like okay. you, that's that's all.
1: Also, can we talk switching sides of the ball? Defensive. hmm That middle linebacker thing is the thing everybody's hitting on. No. I'll tell you this. I don't think it fucking matters, Chris. Chris, you and I did the podcast where I read off all the reasons that I think that middle linebacker isn't as big of a deal. Like it's you're overthinking it almost.
2: I don't care. People go, "Oh my god, we don't have a well." People go,
1: "Oh my god, we don't have a star." No, you don't.
2: No, what we're getting is Glenn Jacobs as Diesel.
1: Yes. We're we not getting-, getting the
2: real Diesel. We're getting Glenn <laughs> Jacobs What's as your- Diesel. Or it's that dude from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Hey, how you doing? I'm Donovan McNabb. <laughs> no, you're no you're not.
1: <laughs> <laughs> this is what we've come down to. It's it's all I can think of is the movie Full Metal Jacket when the guy goes All right, gentlemen. It's a giant shit sandwich, and we're all going to have to take a bite. Yep. There isn't anything to rave about when it comes to the linebacker position. We have one all-pro, mm-hmm. and we have a bunch of also-rans, and I don't even know what the fucks.
2: We have four. Okay, let's see what we got.
1: I mean, Chris, if you look at this right here, Matt Milano, Dorian Williams, tr- something called travin Howard, um, Tyler Madikavich, who never about, he'll be will special take teams. a step... A Balin Specter, and when your GM goes, Well, Balin Specter might be the guy, I f- right there, mm-hmm. I go, Oh no, so you're not doing this at all. You're pivoting. And you're just trying to make us think and everyone else think that you actually think that.
2: I'm okay with AJ Klein for your. Not in middle memory. What's the problem? Here's
1: Here's where I think this gets interesting.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all Just go to Indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What do they show
1: you in training camp? Does any one of these guys, first of all, does any one of these guys step forward and take the job? I hope so. Tyrell Dodson is going to, I'm calling my shot right now, is going to start with the ones he will he'll get most of the runs if you're attending training camp feel free to fact check me okay tyrell dodson is going to be your guy with the ones to start the first week or two they'll mix tyrell bernard in because he's their third round pick they got to give him a shot to see what they have
2: coverage specialist by the way if you watched him in college at baylor coverage specialist Well,
1: he was a weak side middle he was a weak side linebacker prototype Mm -hmm. and that's why it's confusing to see him now like slotted in as a potential middle linebacker.
2: His coverage <sighs> skills, though, like if you cool. go back and watch his and college that's okay. Takes, it's fantastic.
1: Because realistically, that's what you live and die by in today's NFL, especially with the defensive tackle group we've built here. So I'm not worried about who. What I'm looking at is here's how it's going to go. It's going to be Terrell Dodson, and people will bitch. You can ignore that. Then Terrell Bernard's going to get mixed in. They'll bitch about that too. Klein will get his. Chris, what team do you think Klein starts on?
2: Mm. AJ Cl- Klein? I... He's got to he... be third team, right? There's no Sideline
1: can... team? Is that a thing? So
2: I wish. I don't know why he's here. Listen, man. Did you... I'll just give you one as an example. He's here for a paycheck. Did you watch that Thanksgiving game? He had an excellent game. He did. He had like eight tackles. He had two for losses. He really did. He knows his stuff. Like I don't think that having him on the roster is a bad thing. And I think one hundred percent he is on this roster. Right
1: now, it's not a bad thing.
2: I really do. I think he's, come the
1: fifty-three man cutdown, we're gonna have some very different conversations. See, I think,
2: I think he's. I think he's on this team. I do. Do you want to put a seagrams on it? I'll do a seagrams on that. Sure. Fuck you. Yeah. Deal. There on go. What is it? Remember, you got it. AJ Klein makes the final 53. AJ (laughs) makes the final 53. Here's the thing you got to understand, though, too. Remember, the practice squad expanded. Okay? Sure, but I don't care. Final 53. I know, but I'm just saying. The practice squad expanded. So when Balin Spector gets cut, no one's taking him on their 53. You don't know that. No one's taking him on their 53. (laughs) He will be on this team. As a practice squad guy, and they will keep these guys for the time being because, remember, you're going to have your Von Miller, who's on a PUP. You don't have to make an extra spot for a uh, Matt Barkley because you can carry now the third quarterback as an emergency person. So technically, they have bumped it up to 54. Okay. technically have. So you have to think about that. And you need to think about who's making these decisions. The man who's making these decisions is a defensive-minded coach. Okay, fair. I know. Understand that fair. we are going for offense and everything like that. Chris, scroll down here on the. Depth but we're side still a bit. we're still there for defensive-minded. So now
1: here's the other thing I'm thinking because you that's a good point, and he probably is going to skew that way a little bit when he takes when he takes into account the roster. I just look at that defensive end group, right? Like, that's that's if there's anything, Chris, if there's an actual battle to be had, that's it's got to be D-end,
2: isn't the it? D, the D-ends on this team and the defensive tackles on this team, which how how much depth there is look at is Puna going Ford, to be.
1: Puna Ford was signed the day that they found out. They, they were like, okay, well, the draft ended. We didn't get what we wanted. Puna Ford's going to be here like 72 hours later. Mm-hmm. Chris, when you look at this now, guys like like Jordan Phillips being slotted as a potential third stringer, that should make you feel good as a fan, doesn't mm-hmm. it?
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Depth. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Now, I cannot believe I'm going to say this with I'm looking at that depth right now specifically in the middle, the interior defensive line. Dude, it's gross. Drew, do you know who I think has a chance to make the team? Who? Your boy. Who? Your undrafted DJ Dale. Mm. When I watch his game film, specifically when he came first out and started as a true freshman for a Nick Saban team in Alabama. You don't if have to you, tell me. If you, when you watch, like, Chris, do you know who DJ Dale is? He,
1: he goes, is that DJ Khaled?
2: He I thought he wrote this song
1: sounds All like somebody
2: winning. that hangs out at Cowboys on Chippewa. He, he, he was a true freshman defensive tackle that started at Alabama for Nick Saban. That does not happen under Nick Saban, okay? Rare. Then he, you know, fell off the wayside a little bit with some good players in there. This dude for being our walk-on he is our new Levi Wallace.
1: So is he the one? So I was going to go around the but table before, we, corner, well, at before we wrap this part of the conversation. I was going to go around the table. When you think about the depth options, because like, I'm, I'm, there's other storylines. There's Taylor Rapp in his usage. I'm going to be watching to see how the team uses him just to see if that skews. Because first of all, I think he's going to be used in, and he's going to see a lot early because. Chris, you don't want Jordan Porter and Micah Hyde out there, do you?
0: No. <laughs> yeah.
2: No. I guarantee you,
1: those two guys are going to see limited reps. Not
2: till week one.
1: They'll be out there, they'll do the warm ups, and then it'll be Taylor Rapp, and it'll be. Because yeah. they don't need the run up. No, no, no. Rapp is going to get thrown into the fire. So realistically, you're not going to see a lot of, all these people who go, oh, it's a battle to see. No, it's not. Literally, I'm not. I won't be shocked if Taylor Rapp and Dean Marlowe are your. Safety one, and safety two on the first rotation mm-hmm. throughout most of training camp. And then they mix Poyer and Hyde in. Because yeah. at this point, those guys are too old, have been too beaten up. And you don't want to risk anything at this
2: Nothing. stage. Nothing. And look what happened to both of them in training camp. Yeah, we just to, yeah.
1: get them in and get them healthy. Let it happen. Then you talk about this idea of, okay, well, if the safety position doesn't really have that much intrigue. There's the linebacker thing, but we've already touched on that. Like Dorian Williams, our GM called him a special teamer. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Hilarious. And then d- defensive tackle. I mean, defensive end. There's some juice there. Which one of these guys? That's the battle. Who's gonna fight for their job? It's Shaq Lawson, it's Boogie Basham, and it's AJ Epinesa. One, One of, of them you is, is getting be traded. Cut. Well, no, not cut. One of you is getting traded because Brandon Bean has found a way to do it every single season of his entire career here, yeah. except for the COVID year where they didn't make you cut. What
2: did we trade a Carolina who I liked? Was it Eddie Yarborough? No, no. Johnson. Daryl Johnson. Daryl Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, that's it. He the pterodactyl. A way
1: to offload the guy. Some. A lot of times, linemen. Offensive, defensive, who he doesn't have a use for and somebody else might. That's it. He finds a home for an asset. So with that in mind, this is where, because Leonard Floyd's here. Von Miller's here. Greg Rousseau is here. going anywhere. Now it's Lawson Basham. It's Epinesa. Like, that's the juice of training camp. Just those guys. Yeah. Who shows out and who shows up?
2: What about Shane Ray, man? Shane Ray! What about Shane Ray, man? Chris, you going to get a Shane Ray jersey? Call me seven years Ah, ago. I would have gotten
1: excited seven years ago. All right. So with that in mind, the last piece of intrigue is how this special teams group that's seen some upheaval in the last couple days and the last couple weeks, when you think about what the makeup of it has been, how that comes into form, which is what we close the show with here tonight for you guys. And so with that, we bring in... Bill, special teamer, Reed. Let's talk a little bit about 2023. 2023 is a big year for you. You know, you're kind of one of the elder statesmen in the special teams locker room. Yeah, you know, there, there's obviously been some shifting things going on, especially like the, we all just learned today. It's a very shifting landscape. But also, I think one of the things people have lost sight of is there's been some guys who were veteran mainstays of the special teams unit who have left the football team, and so in that way do you feel any need for to to take on a bigger leadership role this year
4: um i mean great question and uh first off thanks for having me on as always second off uh great shirt (laughs) much appreciated
1: that's right baby the grills mafia we represent over here
4: um that's right um no but to answer your question i think um you know definitely over the past couple years I, i think kind of when Um, I first started getting voted in as a team captain. Um, is kind of when I started to take the leadership role, um, a little more seriously, obviously, than my first couple years. But, um, I mean, definitely being the longest tenured guy on the team right now, uh, definitely, you know, there definitely is a, a part of my game and a part of the way that I carry myself, um, that, that, does lean into teaching you know trying to bring those younger guys along more than i used to trying to uh talk on a deeper level scheme wise you know for some of the punt stuff punt, punt return even field goal stuff with some of the guys that i don't talk to you know that i used to not talk to a bunch some of the courts you know some of the guys the the fourth fifth linebacker guys you know some of those dudes that are those are those guys are around me the most, and kind of building that they've you know tyler madikovich reggie gilliam aj klein some of those guys have been here for multiple years now and those are those are those guys have been my right hand men um especially on the punt team building I i think part the leadership aspect is not only bringing along those young guys and the rookies as part of the special teams room, it's taking my relationships with the older guys to a new level because both everybody's going to play a part as we've seen the past couple years with injuries. I mean, you look at week three last year, we had guys that probably made the P squad and said, okay, I'm the 16th guy on the P squad. I'm the 69th or 70th guy on the roster. And they're strapping up for week three in Miami. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So um, making sure those guys understand what they're getting, you know, mentally, what they're getting themselves into. And then on the flip side, um, raising the ceiling with the guys that I already have a, um, a rapport with.
1: Do you guys feel any pressure? coming into 2023 just knowing how the last couple seasons have gone and what they could have been is there any feeling like hey there's some urgency here to try to hey if we're ever going to do this thing let's make it here and now is there any of that because i know that the fan base kind of feels that but also we're fans our emotions run a little bit higher than the guys who have to do the job
4: um yeah i mean i would say uh you you know me you know how much i love this game um we get just as emotional mm-hmm. and I understand it being fan you know some sometimes people may misconstrue players' emotions on the sidelines and stuff when games you know when the when the fan emotions doesn't match up with maybe what the fans are seeing on the field, um, sometimes it's easy to to say, "Oh, well, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. I promise you. Every guy that's about to report to camp tomorrow cares about win, rate, winning the Super Bowl in February this year, right? So, like, it, it's not a um, nobody's just showing up for the fun of it, right? Especially not here in Buffalo. No. But I think um, to answer your to answer the, the first part of the question, um, I think pressure is a privilege. That's a great quote that I've heard that I heard a long time ago and it's kind of stuck with me, and I think it's helped me um, deal with, uh, you know, pressure when it comes along or what I think is pressure or maybe just being anxious and excited. Um, But I think, uh, you know, it's something we've dealt with for a couple years now, but I I don't know if it's pressure as much as, you know, if it, you know, I think any time you got 17 taking snaps from – under center you've got a chance and i think I'm, I'm i'm gonna have that belief um probably till he's done playing
1: billy jean king was the one who said pressure is privilege <clears throat> and i'll tell you what as somebody who works a high stress job and manages people you're correct it's almost like it's special when you're the person who people look to for results because it means that you've done something Like You've proven that you're capable of delivering, so now people look to you with an expectation. If people don't have expectations of you, then there's no pressure.
4: right? Absolutely.
1: When you're the rookie long snapper trying to make a team and Garrison Sanborn's here, everyone goes, eh, we don't have any expectations of that guy. Then when he's gone and you're the guy, everyone goes, he better make that snap. (laughs) He better make that snap. That's exactly right. And you had to learn. and You were kind of forged in the fire of that crucible. And now here you are years later. The elder statesman of this Bill's locker room. And so it's really cool that you get to have this moment where you're now taking on this leadership role with the team. And you're just, do you have any personal goals for 2023? Like, as, as you look at what you want this season to be, I mean, first and foremost, I hope one of them is getting a fucking tackle this year. I mean, come on, get one. Do something. I had, I had one last year. I know you did. And I was hoping for okay. two and I was like, come on, come on, you can't give me two. Um,
4: yeah, I think um, I mean goal every year till it happens, um, and even when it does happen, it's still going to be a goal. Uh, I think is to be the All Pro guy. Yep. Um, How does that pro get decided? Is, I saw,
1: know, we saw um, that tweet. Yeah, it's
4: it's yeah it's it's fifty AP voters. Um, you know some they're, I, I'm sure you can look them up. I'm not sure who they are. I don't know their extent of knowledge about long snapping. Um but they have voted Morgan Cox, I think, was maybe – I think they've had AP for three years now, um, AP voting on Monk snapper. I think Morgan Cox won it. Um, I think – I can't remember who won it last year. Anyway, um, Pro Bowl is, you know, hit or miss. It's um, a little bit of a – a lot of people, snappers included, are a little skeptical of how it's actually voted on. Um I, there's not a lot of people that honestly believe it's a third fans, a third players, and a third coaches. Um, okay. So take that. Sure. How you will, but you know, Pro Bowl is Pro Bowl would be awesome, and it would be great to experience that. But I think I would be more proud with a All Pro first team All Pro next to my name.
1: I still wish you could have that fumble recovery that Mike Tolbert stole from you. I still wish you could have that back.
4: I know every episode. I, I hope. That I, I I wish uh, for the rest of eternity, the rest of the, as long as this podcast continues to operate, that you and I come on as a guest. I hope that you uh, continue to dangle that over my head.
1: It's not dangling it over your head.
2: You did so well. Did Blake you- Blake has a fumbled recovery. <laughs>
4: yes, he does. Yes, he does. Leave it to Christopher. He's also one and six against me, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And th- that December game, probably too. He probably felt a certain kind of way after that. Watching you hold the game winning kick.
4: The December game and the January game. I mean, yeah,
1: but that one is specifically watching you get to hold the game winning kick as it goes through the uprights, and then you're like, hey, hey, little brother, this is just how it works. Hey sorry. And then we
4: uh and then we announced uh what kind of baby we were having.
1: <laughs> That's you guys had the best day. You really did. Oh great. That no, was fantastic. One of the things I love is that I've gotten to know you more over the years. You've been a friend of ours since you were arrived here in Buffalo. I, I've <laughs> been close to you. We're now business partners. Like we Yes, we are. We've now joined up. We are now partners in Q forty two barbecue. Uh, regardless of what Mark Gon at the Buffalo News might have you think, there is no queue like a pool queue. Forty two, uh, that doesn't exist. And <laughs> read, I'm going to try to be nice. I'm going we'll,
4: to try. We'll we'll uh <laughs> save that for. That's a whole other thing. Unrecorded.
1: They, 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 so, in any event, we're business partners in this joint barbecue venture. We're also partners in this grills mafia thing. I love it. I'm supporting the brand. I love everything that we're doing together. We have the steak competition coming up August 5th. You're going to be there to give away the prizes. Guys, it's a steak competition. It's basically, do you think you can cook? Because I competed in the SCA. We talked about it here on the podcast. It didn't. It was, I walked headfirst into a wood chipper against professionals. And that was fun. Again, you talk about. Privilege, fi- finding privilege in like those high pressure situations. I'm happy yep. that in that pressure situation, I still put out the thing that I wanted to. It, it didn't go my way, but it, I understand these guys work the circuit. But I was right there with them, and so that makes me feel better about what I put out. You guys, we have a, we're, we're trying to build something here in Western New York, and I know that you personally have talked about wanting to build a lasting. Because, you know, you're, again, the elder statesman, you're trying to build a lasting impression here in Buffalo, New York. You're trying to leave your footprint here in the city. And this Grills Mafia Ventures of, Venture of yours is just a part of it. Why don't you talk about that a little bit?
4: Yeah, so, um, you know, like you mentioned, uh, partners now in Q42. It was an opportunity that, you know, I could not pass up and uh, happy, to you know, super excited to be a part of. Uh, you know excited about the competition coming up i think what i'm most excited about is um, really just putting together a great group of people to kind of develop that western new york barbecue society um, that's that's kind of our main goal you know tied in with um, obviously the grills mafia stuff and the, the charitable uh, side of things but um, you know, as you mentioned, the competitions, the, uh, the the classes, the teachings, the the videos, all you know, all the stuff that comes along with um, a, a total barbecue experience. Um, and then, you know, I, honestly, a huge part of it was Emon um, is obviously our head that you know head creator. He's, of, the, guy. Uh,
1: he's the guy. He's like, the guy. Like, want to cover, he's the, the dude the behind and, Q42.
4: That's right. He's um, he's, you know, made the rubs and sauces that we currently have uh, up for sale right now. And uh, his rub is is the best vo- voted the best rub in New York,
1: the best rub in New York state and most best barbecue of the rub in New York
4: state. Yeah. I mean, it, that doesn't um, that a doesn't come by accident. And B, um, I think that shows what he's capable of and, and kind of what we've got in store and i think it's i think it's going to be great
1: my thing was getting to just work with you in this thing of like we're going to learn and teach and we're going to try to educate people on what barbecue is the science behind it it's it's not it's not a mystery it's not anything that anybody should there's a lot of almost i don't want to call it gatekeeping but it's one of those things where people go oh i can do this and i can buy a bunch of fancy products and i can make them look cool for instagram Instead, what we're going to teach people how to do is buy the stuff you would buy at Aldi's and Save-A-Lot and Tops and Wegmans and turn it into something that you'd be proud to serve your in-laws if you were trying to impress them. That's the level of technique we want to be able to teach and show people. And at the same time, it anybody can make a rub. Anybody can make a sauce. What we want to do is bring... a a real experience to barbecue to the Western New York community and that's the idea of Q absolutely Pulitzer. that's the idea of it and I'm happy that we get to work on this together and I guess I love the fact that I get to also help out like through the grills mafia charities we get to help people in the process of pursuing that it's all going to be like I'm excited I was excited when I joined and I was excited when you joined I was pumped you wanted to be a part of this so guys Our first major event, August 5th, it's a steak competition. It's literally backyard rules. What do you want to cook? Come a cookie your way. The judges will judge it based on texture, based on taste. And there's cash prizes. Reed's got our signed jersey, and Reed will be there to give the awards for the ceremony. It's going to be a great day. Check it out, Q42BBQ.com. If you want to enroll or if you're interested in being a judge, we have volunteer spots open for judging. It's going to be a great day. I guess the thing I'll close with, Nate Geary claims that he is ready to hold a snap.
4: Oh my goodness.
1: Are you ready to snap at Nate Geary or do you think he'll balk again? Cause you, you Chris, see, you, you saw the video, the video, the video that's hit Twitter. Guys, I will retweet it on our feed at Rockpell report in case you're interested. Nate Geary tried to replicate outside of a down- I love talking
4: about Nate Geary and you he
0: grab her
1: whiskey bottle. Because I, I, I was like, I need a drink for this. So, Nate replicated outside of a Buffalo bar last summer what his holding technique was going to be. Because you know he's the best holder in Western New York. He said it himself on this podcast. So, he replicated what his technique would be. And Reed saw the video once and goes, well, how big does he think a football is?
4: can we I mean I, he was holding he was holding his fingers lower than your montucky can right there
1: <laughs> it's guys it it's bad so reed are is there any concern that you might hurt him with a snap do we need it do do we know. need our, I mean, hey that, do we need our not- lawyer to draft a waiver cuz i'll make it i'll make it happen he needs uh, he may need to sign the waiver that's what i mean we'll make him sign a yeah. waiver I'll get one drawn up. Yeah.
4: Yeah, perfect. I'm I'm sure he'd be on board. I'm just excited. I'm excited to see it happen.
1: You think? uh, Allegedly. I
4: hope he he sticks around this time. He's going to flake again, I think.
1: Uh, Scale 1 to 10, if you snap a ball at Nate Geary, do you think he can catch it and place it?
4: Um. Is I don't know. That's a yes or no. I'll give him the benefit of the
1: doubt. <laughs> I feel like nice he's gonna bring. But.
4: I feel like he's gonna bring like receiver gloves. I feel like he's that kind of guy. He probably should. I mean, if he's interested, he's gonna in bring receiver. some uh, spider tack with him
1: on you, his gloves. Wait, he's not a New York Yankee. He wouldn't do that. Oh, and with that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Touche. 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 Uh, <laughs> Reed, We love you. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find all the Grills Mafia stuff, where they can follow you on social media, and where they can follow everything we have going on Q42.
4: Yep. So Grills Mafia is uh, at Grills Mafia on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Myself, uh, Reed Ferguson on Instagram, Snapflow69 on Twitter. And, of course, um, I'll spot the Q42 uh, at Q42 Barbecue, Q-U-E. For those um, <laughs>
2: that,
4: might, that might be confused. Who saw the uh, Buffalo Q, News
1: article? Q they? is in barbecue. Uh,
4: that's at Q42 barbecue BBQ on uh, Twitter and Instagram. So
1: guys, there you go. Guys, this has been great, but for tonight we got to get out of here. I'm Drew Gear. That's Chris Krueger. That's Reed Ferguson. And this has
3: been your Rock Powell Report.